All right, you know what? We're going to go with, we're going to start with the speed round. All right. So we're coming in with the speed round. These are just short answer questions. Yes, no, true, false. One answer, one uh, word answer kind of one. So quick ones. Well, this, because this is, we'll get a lot of info out. Boom. All right. All right. I'll go Bruce, first here. Uh, Bruce, are you ready? Oh, Bruce, I'm you ready? ready. Okay, because you're going to answer these. I'll let you do it. <laughs> Kiss my ass. Any, <laughs> did any German wartime K98K variant have finger grooves? And why not if everybody, all the previous ones, had them? No, because that's old junk. No one needs it. The only finger, <laughs> the only finger groove K98K equivalent would be an SS conversion or a police standard model conversion. That would be it. Well, the okay. late in the late Gewehr 98s and uh, 98As, they had them. Yep, my 98 has it. Yeah, <laughs> but they got rid of that because it's <laughs> it's not useful in the 98K world. There's no such thing as finger groove stocks. Nope. In the in the K98K world, let me rephrase this. In the K98K world, there is no such thing as a finger groove stock. If you want to talk about standard model or, you know, banner Ks. Yeah, there's no straight 98K with with finger grooves. There are conversions that look like K98Ks that have (laughs) finger grooves, but it didn't start its life as a K98K. So there's a good good thing to look out for. There you go. And actually, some of my favorite guns are the standard model, the K98 conversions. They're just cool as heck. Like the DRP ones? No, they actually took standard models and they actually bent the bolt, got oh. rid of the bottom sling, put the side sling in like a K98K, ground the stacking hook, changed the rear band, <laughs> so it looks just like a 98K, but it's got a finger groove. Clarify huh. that Mauser Oberdorf did that. They didn't. They did not. No, it was there was some. I, 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 my guess is it was done at a police arsenal, unknown, but probably uh, Spandau. There you go. Heard it from the horse's mouth. Learn something new every day. That's one thing that we learned since the end of volume two is that we've had more. We've had a couple examples of a standard model converted into short side rails that are legit, and they're all banners. And I'm pretty sure we we kind of generically classifying as police conversions and i'm pretty sure that the 98ks that were converted that didn't make it into short side row were also police conversions so much you need need a book for police conversions well we'll, we'll, no (laughs) no all right actually i'll tell you this i have a friend of mine that lives very near to me who's a huge police collector I could write a book on police stuff just See? going to his house. But why? I can't do it. It's too much work. You just need a kick. I could do it one day. <laughs> He's got every example of everything you could ever think of. It's amazing. He's a good guy. I'm not I should name him, but I'm not going to just to keep him anonymous so I can <laughs> keep that to myself. So <laughs> All right. Next quick question. By the way, when you get your volume one, you'll see there's a whole page on a converted standard model to 98K, just by the way. Oh, nice. Yeah. So just more impetus to have you get a volume one. Tom, contact me and I'll make sure that I'll give you a good PayPal rate. It's going to be expensive, but it'll be worth it. You heard it here. (laughs) I want to see the receipt. (laughs) 
What are you talking, I'll, like I'll... 50 bucks, Mike? Oh, no, it's going to be more <laughs> than that. Because I'm the only one that has any volume ones left. You don't have any. Yes, I do. I got a couple left. Uh-oh. Oh, it's a bidding war, then. Bidding war. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Bruce, I love your contributions. Oh, to the book. what it's a amazing. suck up. <laughs> you sound like everybody else. Yeah. yeah. That's why my name is second, because Bruce is the best. <laughs> he actually is, though. He's a great guy. All right, All let's right. keep rolling. Let's go. So since, right. since we have the the bayonet expert here as well, oh, so geez. were bayonet blades blued during the war, or was this a post-war edition? Uh, bayonets began to be blued after the World War One. Mm. Um, oh, it was e- even the Weimar conversions because all the bayonets in in World War One were in the white. Okay. There was no blued bayonets at all during World War One. They were all everything was unfinished. So did they refinish already made ones during a refurbishment or only new they, they they refurbished a ton of World War One bayonets in World in, in the Weimar era, post nineteen eighteen. You'll see a lot of ninety eight oh fives, eighty four ninety eights that are redone, you know, blued. Um a lot of them will be nineteen twenty marked. And then when actually the first uh modern bayonets, aka the Third model, eighty four ninety eight. Were I think they started in nineteen twenty seven or twenty six. Uh, Weisberg and Kirschbaum was a contractor for that for those blades, and they're very desirable now. But what's really ironic is some of the bayonets that were uh, contracted out for the Reichs for the Reichsbahn, you know, the the railway police. Some of those bayonets were still in the white during the early 30s and that's to me that that's the only instance of original issue bayonets for mauser banners being not blued and they were new brand new wow wow nothing's ever simple oh by the way that's also in volume one i had to put that point that out <laughs> hey there you go see I, that's why i don't know that because there's a bayonet volume one has a really good bayonet section and it goes through a real quick treatment of Imperial, but it goes through what we call a narrow pattern blades, and you'll see a real nice picture in there of no finish. It's in the white. Scratch built wow. in circa 1933-34. That's weird. I, I would think it was wrong if you saw it. You'd be like, all right, they should be blued by now. It's no, it's, it's really weird because and some of the contract uh, bayonets that... Uh, for some of the Mauser contracts, specifically South America, during the early to mid thirties, were weren't blued either. So the you know the the cutlery makers were still doing a lot of bayonets with no finish on them. All right, the K ninety eight K site has a maximum of two thousand meters, uh, and this was not intended for normal infantry use, but for volley firing. Is that a true statement? It's probably true. But it's probably not, it's probably rarely used. A lot of the volley fire, they used heavy machine guns on tripod mounts. And what they would do is set up a, like a, an intersection for a road. And they would set their MG34s or MG42s to volley fire that area. But an individual rifleman, I doubt, ever used volley fire. But that's, I mean, I'm just guessing. So That's why just they... what I know from researching machine oh. guns and things like I know for sure machine guns were used that way on tripod mounts. But 
as far as rifles. I've never seen evidence that soldiers did that. So So it seems like they would have figured that out in World War One. Why did they still have the sights going to two thousand meters? Was it just a just cause tradition thing? German. Yeah. <laughs> God, two thousand oh my god, two thousand meters is over a mile. That's you so can't, far. Even, you can't even see anyone. You, you, you can, can't yeah, you know, no, you can't see. A lot of that volley fire kind of thing was it was it was for ambush stuff, I imagine. So, can you imagine tr- setting up a squad of ten guys and teaching them? Okay, this is exactly how you hold your Mauser to get the rounds to fall in this zone. I just it seems it, ridiculous. But like one or two inches up or down, and it's going to be way off next, by the time the it next, gets there. And the next uh, Dow. <laughs> Gal, that's what the Germans call him. Gal. I don't know if you saw the CN Arsenal video of the Arasaka volley firing, where they use the the wings on their volley sights, and I thought those were shooting airplanes. Yeah, shooting airplanes with it. Did the Germans? Was this also for airplanes? No, no, Uh, no. The Mauser never had any aircraft sights on it. And if you want to shoot it at an airplane. Go ahead, but you're wasting ammo because you're not going to hit nothing. Yeah. And what's what's interesting by World War Two? Yeah, you're talking about rear sight in the in the uh, you know the distances. Mauser actually designed a a short rifle in 1942, and it was only so it only went to a thousand meters. Well, that's Look, more reasonable. The German the German training doctrine, the the machine gun, the heavy machine guns, the heavy machine gun section of a, a unit was tripod-mounted MG-34s or MG-42s. Those guys were actually trained to do, I guess you'd call it volley fire, where they indirect fire into intersections. But it was all preset. It was it was right. ambush stuff. So if, if you think about it in combat, the best laid plans, I doubt it was used very much. <laughs> Right. At the very most, it was used very little. It it's, seems. It's busy work for soldiers. That's okay. the best I can guess. I mean, I, I wasn't a soldier in World War II, so I don't know. But just know what I know as a, as a shooter, that's kind of ridiculous. <laughs> hey, guys, I bet I can hit that barn 1,500 meters over there. I've done that. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I've done that. All right, next up we have a stock question. So below the stamp on the stock, there's usually a letter H, L, and maybe sometimes M. M. Were there any others, and what did they all mean? Bruce? Well, H is here, L is Luftwaffe, and M is for Marine or Kriegsmarine. So you got Navy, Army, and, and Air Force, basically. There was one more, though. Well, there was a P. I've seen yeah. a P. Which I'm guessing, Polizei. Uh, Polizei, possibly. So they knew where these rifles were going at that point. They knew where the rifles were going at that point. Up until 1941, yes, I would say yes. And the service mark stopped in early 42. Oh, that makes Probably. sense because I don't Completely. see it on a, on a, on a lot of rifles. I I don't always see it. I was curious of that. So. 42 yeah, they decided after say after January after February March April 42 every the service mark disappeared so if they got rifles 
back and then were refurbishing, they didn't care like what stock the what mark was on the stock when it went back out to whoever. Well, Mike and Mike can go through the depot system because that's his chapter. But I'm, I don't think it. Ca- I don't think it mattered. I mean, if the stock was broken, they're just going to drop a new piece of wood on it. Yeah. Uh, if you think about the German logistics system, uh, it changed once the war got serious. And actually, Albert Speer had a lot of influence on how the German 98K, even though it wasn't specifically aimed at that, they changed the way the Germans did things because there was a lot of waste. Like, why do you have guns specifically for Luftwaffe, Army, Kriegsmarine? <laughs> it's the same gun. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. that That's typical German uh, order. You know the Germans love order. Well, and... what's interesting is the the let's take Mauser for instance. They actually had they had a whole team of army inspectors, Waffenamp team there for the army, but they also had a naval team there too because Mauser had a and Luftwaffe as well because Mauser was a huge producer of aircraft cannon, but they also made a lot of cannons and especially for you know U-boats and smaller craft. And then they also made, you know, a limited number of 98Ks for the Navy, but they had, that Eagle M was stamped by the, the approval uh, officer for that for that uh, service branch. Bruce brings up a good point. Wow. So the, the way the Germans operated, they had inspectors for everything. But at a certain point, they realized that it was a waste of energy. So they had three inspectors in a factory looking at, 98Ks. They eliminated two of them and made it one. And that guy got an H. All of them were H marked after 42. But the Germans had layers of bureaucracy. And if you, if as we were researching this book, you, you see the paperwork and it's ridiculous how detailed it is. Well, who, who was the guy that said, stop serializing 37 parts and just albert down to four. that was <laughs> i would say albert like spear i would say i would say albert spear is most responsible for simplifying german production i mean wouldn't you bruce would you say that yeah it, yeah he's the guy that tried to it's called rationalization um spear was spears and basically the spearhead of the rationalization project which is basically a massive simplification which they went too far at first so, so that was the stamped parts and stuff? Well, no. If you look at 1942, they stopped putting inspections on everything. Like, there's no Waffenops. We call them proofs. A lot of people call them proofs. They see a Waffenop on something, they say, that's proofed. No, those were inspections. So in 1942, the Germans said, okay, we're wasting so much time. Stop inspecting everything. Well, we've got documents that show caused problems because junk started getting through yeah if you want a really good example in volume two there's a in the first chapter there's a picture of a period document that it's basically a waffenet doc document that shows the different inspections on the barrel receiver but there's a little diagram there and everything's blotted out like nope not that one not that one not that they just canceled it out yeah but it caused problems and you know. by 1943, they came back and said, all right, look, we need to keep doing this Yeah, because there's too many bad things getting through. 
like for instance on a barrel code let's assume you got 42 d567 okay well eventually they get rid of the lot code and they just put a d there which is dolan that's a that's a steel maker well guess what you cannot trace if the barrel goes bad yeah, it's you cannot trace then. a lot i know it came yeah. from dolan but where 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 when you know yeah so see that's where right you, the barrel codes were reintroduced you, right that's where you get into these details that that collectors yeah so there's like six months or eight months where there's Nothing limited markings on all these rifles longer than that, yeah. actually. But but what happens is a barrel burst in the field, and another barrel burst, another barrel burst, and all these guys that turn them into the Waffenmeisters, they're looking at like, oh, all these are BY 42s, they'll have a D code, but nothing else. So they don't know which Dolan lot was bad. Yep, and so they ended up having to rebarrel all of them with a decode instead of just the ones with, say, seven four seven. Or Wait, so they eight. rebarreled even good rifles. No. Oh, all right. Not the Germans. They they they're very thrifty. They mm -hmm. only fixed what was broken. Speaking but, of refurbs, was it a normal practice to like reserialize things like bolts or screws or major parts like barrel bands, sights, things like that? So I I'm the I collect reworks and I'm going to tell you that that's that's a tough question to answer. Okay. It's a big one. Field, if, if they reserial, that's a whole different In the field, no. The German depot system was uh it's the field tiered. the field it's guys. Layered, so. It's layered, right? So let's say a guy in the field his gun malfunctions, he sends it to his uh, Zug Waffenmeister. That guy looks at it and says, oh, this is a bad barrel. Now, technically, he could probably fix it, but what he did is move it to the next level. Those guys would move it to the next, they they would push it up the chain of command until you get to a, a, a big depot that repairs guns. If they got a gun in and the barrels burst, they may replace the barrel and the bolt. Let's say the barrel burst and it damage the bolt locking lugs at that point they'd renumber the bolt and replace the barrel and renumber the barrel hmm. but if it's farther down the line i hate saying this because they use the same ammo. font though no no it's different you could tell it's different okay they, they would keep generally as much as the original rifle as possible if they like you could have a you could have a rework rifle with a new barrel and a new bolt but everything else is original to the gun I have a 98K that's re that's repaired that has a new receiver and barrel, but everything else is original. Mm, that's cool. It's the weirdest thing. Oh wait, you said I hate to say it, but I interrupt you. Go ahead. I want to hear what you hate to say. I hate to say this, but at the field level, it's not uncommon for a field Waffenmeister to put mismatched parts in a gun to keep it serviceable. Uh oh. Oh no. I know. I didn't want to say it. But here's the thing. Mismatched is mismatched. That's the that's the bottom line. Well, I've got a story. Um, I went to an auction decades ago and it was a the vet was still alive and it was his estate that they were auctioning off. And so I think I bought a set of binoculars and I bid way too much for a ninety-eight K. But he's the guy that actually brought it back. I talked to him, he had my pictures, and it was I call it a composite gun. It was three guns put together. 
and he's the guy that brought it back. Uh oh. Wow. That's so, good. That's, oh, that's good. Mike, Mike tells you that they could do whatever they could to make the gun serviceable. But what year was that? Late year? It no, it's, it's throughout the war. Here's the thing. Yes, you can find a gun that's made from three different guns, and it could be original. But the problem is, Fudd could have done it. Fudd could have done it. <laughs> Fudd could have done it. Yeah. So, so what the value is exactly the same. It's the same value. <laughs> you can, there's no extra value for a mismatched gun. All right. Unless uh, it's all matching, we're going to consider it all the same. A mismatch. Uh, That's it. It's a mismatch. Well, yeah. Vietnam. Field field repair mismatch. Okay, but that's the thing. There is such a thing as field repaired mismatched, uh, but it doesn't matter because I could build a field repaired mismatch right now. I'm looking at a crate full of mismatched guns. I could go build one. It doesn't you know make what? it right. Uh, With, without any prominence, it, you don't know, but then again, it doesn't make it any more valuable either. And even with provenance, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Mismatch is mismatch. Now, I have levels yeah. of, of things I accept. Uh, the handguards, very common to break and be replaced. You find unnumbered, you find mismatched. If you see a mismatched band spring, handguard, <laughs> uh, floor plate. Yeah, even floor Ooh. plate. I mean, I. Personally, uh -oh. hate that. So usually, if the floor plate's mismatched, they drop the follow in floor plate. It got lost. So usually, the whole assembly's mismatched. Yeah, right. and that's pretty common. But I don't, I don't hate those guns. But there's so many guns for sale that I would just buy one that has a. If you have one where all the external numbers match, but the handguard is wrong and the the bayonet or the the band springs wrong, who cares? Or even the follower. Yeah, big deal. Big deal, but there's a lot of people out there that it's got to be matching. Oh, yeah. yeah, the purest. The what purest about something hate. like a safety that could you could oh, envision it, it snapping off no. though? You can envision can break wave. all the time. Doesn't bother me. Doesn't or does? Does not. Oh, okay. As a serious 98K collector, there's wear and tear items that do not bother me. Hand so guards. Band springs, safeties, safeties, screws for trigger guards and floor plate. You know the the screws that hold the gun together. A lot of times when they were cleaning guns, they took them apart. They never got them back together right. It it just doesn't bother me. Now some guys they can't stand it, but I love the 98K in its original form. And if you've looked at enough matching quote-unquote original guns you find stuff like that and bruce will bruce will agree probably agree with me it it just doesn't bother me i've had a lot of banners with the replace safeties for whatever reason so, so where do you draw the line on major parts like a barrel band or obviously the bolt or stock define draw the line like in, in or out in, in terms of staying in the collection is that yeah. what you mean? Yeah. Would okay, you, would you for me, one? in or out, sanded stock, out. Shellac on the inside of the stock, I'm out. But well, he hates this the stock. Uh, He's a wood Nazi. Shellac. Yeah. I'm a wood Nazi. I'm a wood Nazi. <laughs> but if I see a mismatched handguard, a mismatched cocking piece, 
the mismatch safety, uh, you know, small parts, it, it doesn't bother me. You know why? Because if you really appreciate the 98K as a service weapon, those parts break. Have you ever seen an M16 that the Marine Corps used? Oh, boy. Yeah. There you go. Have you seen one? You've seen one. Same you sound too. like you've seen one. Seen pictures, yeah. Those that that crap that stuff is wore out. They are rough. The Germans did the same thing with ninety eight Ks. They used them until they were threadbare. So well, I collect I collect reworked rifles. One of my one of my big things I love reworked guns because they've seen combat and multiple very times. Some of them multiple times. These guns that are reworked seem to be in a cycle of reworks. But very common to see replaced stocks, safeties, handguards, bands, bolts, you know, wear and tear stuff. Didn't you get a double or triple rework from me? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Probably so. Yeah. Yeah, I've got guns that have been reworked two, three, four times. So They're Kelly, awesome. w- Kelly, we're terrible at the speed round, by the way. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah we're mad at it. Okay. But, Let's uh, do it. Speed round us. <laughs> it's not going to be speedy, really, because you said you like your pure 98Ks. That's what you like. What's them. your favorite impure 98K variant? An, uh, a Yugo, a VZ24? Uh... I'm going to tell you right now, my favorite is the Yugo. The Yugo. The Yugo. Rework. Ooh. 98K. 9848. So is it a 9840? I think they added that at some point. And you know why? It's my very first 98K. Oh. I still have it. Well, you still have it. Very nice. Yep. I've sold it twice. And you got it back. I got it back twice. I sold it to my brother. Sold it twice. (laughs) Yeah, I sold it to my brother and just my brother passed away. I got it back. I sold it to my really good friend who's a Houston police department sergeant. And when he got done with it, he called me, he goes, Mike, I've got something for you. Would you want this back? And he gave it to me. He gave it to me back and I've still got it. It's my very first 98 K. And can you tell what it was before it was scrubbed and re? It's it's funny you should ask that because now that I've wrote the book, I should be able to tell. Yeah, it's 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 impossible. <laughs> I <disrupt> this thing. <laughs> but I remember when I bought it. I was I I remember, and I can still think back to nineteen eighty nine when I bought it. I was so excited. It had a Waffenop seventy seven on the sight base or the the rear sight, and it had like three Waffenops left on it, and I was so excited. <laughs> that was it. That's and what started it. It's what started it. I still have it, and it'll be the last 98K I sell. Wow. Bruce? What's your uh, favorite? Non-pure 98K? Yeah. No. An impure 98K variant. So like a... Uh, impure. Uh, Joker. Uh, Norwegian... Conversion uh, or French, Austrian French, sniper, French MBs. Oh, okay. Yeah, the French yep. con- French conversions. 
So they put the sling bar there, and they put sling bar, stacking rod. You know, yeah. And just French the whole star reblued, but yeah, because I had one years ago, and it was one of my first really cool '98 Ks. Oh, that's cool. And I think actually Mike ended up with it, believe it or not. I still know. got it. Still I still got, got it. it. <laughs> I still got it. That's your first. That's your first '98 K. No, that was like my third or fourth. You didn't tell me that when you sold it to me. I, I was going to sell that thing. Yeah, I don't I'm keeping sell it, it now. Yeah, huh? yeah, you got to keep it. He's going to hold it up. Uh, guess what I got? You know. <laughs> <laughs> now that I know, this is this is gold. See <laughs> what a Go. podcast does? It brings out the inner self. You know. Yeah. yeah. No, now you can sell it. As Bruce Karam's uh, the first third K ninety eight. I would never oh. sell it. <laughs> oh I would never God. sell it. Yeah, I love it. Okay, speed round. We let's go. <laughs> all right, speed round. Or now in the speed round, we have the is this special trio. We have three different is this specials. People asking, is my rifle special? Here we go. First guy, I just traded for a Russian capture K ninety eight K. It has the X and the black finish. But the Nazi marks aren't peened, and although the bolt is electro-pencil to match, the original numbers are still there, and it appears to match the receiver. Is this a special case situation? Yes. I've seen some that weren't peened. How, how good were they on peening all the marks? They sucked at it. But <laughs> I'm going to tell you this, and all you, all you Russian capture collectors can start looking. Uh -oh. I was at a gun show in Pasadena, Texas, Ooh. and this guy handed me a gun. He goes, look at this. What do you think about this? And he handed it to me. It was a Russian capture. Had the black paint on it. Had electric pencil numbers. It was shellacked. It was all matching. See? Ooh, so exactly. they, didn't, they didn't even change. They just Every finished. number on this gun was matching an original. I know. I know how to tell fake from well, real. All right. So it was real. I could not average, believe it. Was the average Russian capture like I used to hear the story they take the bolt out, throw it in a pile. Is that what well, everything average... was taken apart? Oh, they they disassembled them to the everything to the last screw. And they just randomly put them back together. Yeah, there's no So then there must no... be just a handful that were just like captured and just thrown in. You know what? It was it was mostly a make work program in Russia, basically. Yeah. In fact, I've heard that it was actually German prisoners that did all that work. That so, wow. Take that for what it's worth. That's that's one of the in the ether mm -hmm. that it was German prisoners that did it. All right. All right. This is special number two. Ooh. I or a friend have a Gewehr 98 that is Spando marked that has been updated to a K98K configuration. Complete with German World War II markings on the barrel. Is this something special that was done officially, or was this Bubba trying to make, make himself a K98? Okay. Probably a depot conversion. Yeah, I'm. I I'd say that it's if you have a Gewehr 98 and it has Nazi markings on the barrel, it's possibly original, because they did take a lot of Gewehr 98s and put short barrels on them, and make 98Ks out of them. Depots did. Yeah, and did they have particular markings, or were they just no. kind of just put into the system? And like, oh, here's another well, one. Well, they'll, they'll have depot markings on this receiver. Very stock. The stock, actually, the stock is where you find the good stuff. 
where would the depot marking on the wrist okay so here's the thing when when they took a Kaver 98 and put a uh, 98k barrel on it which is not uncommon they put a firing proof on the barrel sometimes you can tell by the firing proof which depot did the work because all these depots kind of use their own thing so i mean it, right. It's if I saw if I saw a Kaver ninety eight receiver a, like a, a Spandau nineteen oh nine, and it had a an Irma marked barrel, I would not throw it out with the bathwater. I would say, oh, let's take a look at it. All right, so it could your, exist. Your your guy that asked that question, he might have a good gun, but you got to look closer. And I, as always, I send them to the forum and the books and all that stuff yeah have them contact me my username is mr farb send me a message through the forum i answer all my messages in the on the forum now i don't want a bunch of people messaging me about <laughs> rti guns because i don't collect them <laughs> yeah. Please don't. but i i will gladly help somebody that wants help with something that's i've always been like that bruce has too i think all the mod all the mods on the forum are like that if you need yeah. any, anybody we're oh. here to help people learn I, about 98Ks. I, I already put you two of my Rolodex. I was like, oh, when I get my next K98, I'm definitely sending it to these guys. Well, you know what? After <laughs> this is over, I'll send you my my cell phone number and you can text me. Oh, all right. Good. Ooh, there you go. Do for another one. Nice. All right. We got one more in the is this special, and then we'll leave the speed round. Um, I just picked up a K98K marked with two manufacturer codes, BCD slash AR, which I heard means one factory made the parts and the other assembled it. Is this true? And which factory did what? And is this a special one? I guess they mean, uh, is it rare? Call a dual code. And in that case, the receiver was made, actually contracted by a company called Astrowork. And the rifle was finished at Mauser Berlin. And that's yeah, the dual codes are very popular, they're fairly scarce, and they're so the desirable. second code is the where it was finished. Second code is for right, AR, AR is the factory code for Mauser Berlin. That's correct. Okay. But I, you could you could have a BCD receiver that's actually finished at Mauser Berlin with no AR on it. So how do so, you know that one? Because you just look at the final proof on the receiver. If you see an Eagle 26 instead of an Eagle 749, then you know it's a it's a uh, it's a Mauser factory gun and the Berlin facility. Let me give you a case in point. And Mike Mike already knows this, but there was a, a gun on Legacy Collectibles about two months ago, and Legacy advertised it as a sour, J you know sour K98K 1944 blah 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 or 43. And so, all of a sudden, my my phone is lighting up. Um, a couple of buddies texted me, "Hey, Legacy's got a rifle. You might want to check it out." You know, and blah blah blah. It's not a sour. I said, "Really?" So of course I checked it out, and it's no. It was a CE JP Sour. I mean, a CE coated receiver, 1943, but it was finished at Mauser Berlin. Really, really rare code, code combination. Whoa. And so, so I ended up getting it, and um, but that was again. Legacy didn't know what they were selling. They've assumed they've assumed it was a sour gun. It wasn't. It was a Mauser gun. 
and that's where the books the books pay off if you know this information. And that was barrel markings, or it was a they had a clear picture of the receiver, and on top of the CE, there's an Eagle 26. Wow. Yeah. Okay. That it takes years yeah. to learn that stuff. It's it's almost like. I mean, if you're what not Bruce is it, talking it, about, it's the advanced 98K collector, but it's still possible. Right, but anybody. the, that, the, that's the genius is just knowing where to look to like to have the your genius books. is the genius is pick one thing and get <laughs> really good at it. If you want to collect Steyr, learn everything you can about BNZ guns, and you can find some deals. If you if you really you can know you can learn enough on our forum about Steyr guns to really clean up. If you're you know clean up. Find really good guns, just oh. like dual code guns. No, your forum is. I don't think there's anything you can't figure out and find using the forum at this point, if you're diligent. Well, you know what's amazing is I still go. I still go to our picture reference and look stuff up. Oh yeah, yeah. And yeah everybody thinks that me and Bruce know everything about 98Ks. The truth is. That's why we wrote a book because we don't know everything. We need to have a reference to look at, and that's why I bought a book because I need a reference to look at. We, I can't we remember. look at the books. Some I'll, I'll have people text me or ask me questions about SS rifles. I mean, I wrote those chapters, and I'm like, let me look at the book because I can't remember it all. There's too much. Oh, there's there's enormous. Oh, there's... I don't think there's any human being that. Digest all the information. It's it's almost there impossible. is one. There is one human being that can, but who? I digress. I'm not. I'm not giving his name out because he's my encyclopedia. Oh, when well, I, I know. He's one of the guys on the forum. He's it's a guy on the forum. Super He's one of the mods. He's really he's a yes. really sharp guy. Great if man. I need something, I ask him. It's like, hey, what do you know about this? And he's got an identic memory or Actually, whatever you call I, it. I, you can. What's his nickname? You can. No, I'm not giving his name out because it'll it'll ruin his life. <laughs> All right, but he it's, has it's, an identical. Got to be Rain Man of some kind. He's he, a Rain he, Man. He, he literally is a Rain Man. And Raymond Babbitt is that his name? Yeah, it's Raymond Babbitt. <laughs> so, so uh, no, I'll I'll text him and say, "Hey, do you remember me saying something about this?" And he goes, "It takes him about ten minutes. He, he'll text me back with the exact thread." I'm like. Perfect. <laughs> it's like a search for search function. I'm not gonna tell him who tell who he is because it, it's just Yeah, I already know. You know who it is. Bruce knows. Yeah, I know. Right. Don't 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 dox him. But here's no. the thing. That's the whole point. Is this is a community effort. Yes. K ninety eight K forum. I we, think I think pound for pound, we've got the biggest I think we got the one of the most powerful intellectual bases of any collector form in the world. I mean, yeah, and we love new guys. I know that uh, I know a lot yep. of people say, "Oh no, you go on there with a a new guy question, you get treated badly." But really, you don't, unless you don't really want to learn. And we get guys like that. So, you know, we have had some zingers, though. Oh yeah! Oh, <laughs> oh yeah! Hey Mike, you, tell him tell him about the uh, the review on Amazon with the one page on the MP44. You have to. Ooh, I can't tell that story. Oh, you have to. <laughs> Come on. So when we when we printed Creek's model, 
it it goes on Amazon. We didn't put it there. Someone else did. And this guy gets onto Amazon and he says it's a great book, except there's a there's a page on MP44s. If I wanted a book about MP44s, I would have bought a book on MP44s. But I'm like one page. I'm so like, he's mad that you included it at all? Yes. It was in so, there for context from so hour. He left that as his he left that as his review on Amazon. Well, you know what? You're allowed to respond. So I responded as the author. Dude, it's one page. It's totally relevant. It was an SWJXE MP44. It's literally the proof that SWJXE is a code. This guy's throwing a fit. So I respond, and he finds our forum and comes on our forum and starts railing on us. Well, (laughs) just so you know, it turned into a S fest, a shit fest. Oh yeah, you had to to look up, look up how to kick somebody. I guess. Yeah, I was like, come on. Yeah, you don't, you don't go to their own forum and talk shit. But we don't even care about talking crap because if we deserve it, we deserve it. But this was stupid. This one page in a book. (laughs) This nitpicking. It's still on Amazon. I'm gonna tell you that. Oh yeah. Go look it up, guys. It's still <laughs> look it up. Go look it up. It was hilarious. Yeah. So one thing I was looking up on your forum was some uh, FUD rumors and yeah, I love this from over the years. So this you know, is fun. the K98K is uh, is probably one of the most made up things, most made up about rifle of all. You know, and for years there's been unverifiable info about the SS rifles, the laminated stocks, the Nazi markings, all that stuff. Yeah. So, and we got a lot of questions that were fueled by these rumors. So, maybe we let's can hear some clear questions. Up I, want, I want to hear some questions. Play some some truth or fud lore. Yeah. All right. Truth let's let's hear them. Let's or hear it. Fud lore. So, get this: firearms are being rushed by 1945, and because of this, in lots of cases, the rifle serial numbers did not match. This was a Wrong. 2023 Wrong. rumor. Wrong. 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 That's that's totally incorrect. Like, why yeah. would they do that? Now, now, <laughs> hold on. There was there was factory misnumbering, but not deliberate. No, just mistakes. All right. So here's where you 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 got to parse the the story. Like, let's say a BNZ 45. If you look at a T block BNZ 45, which is the very last gun, the very last of the serial range, when when they were when they were finishing and accepting these guns, if they had a bolt that didn't work, it's possible that they swapped gas shields. It's possible they swapped really safeties. Oh, you see some weird stuff. Oh, especially with Steyr. But it it's not going to be a BYF-43 safety on a BNC-45. <laughs> it's going to be so close. It's going to be so rough that you're going to look at this gun and go, oh, there's no way they got this done. So it, it, in a way, the answer is yes, you're correct. But the truth is, no, you're wrong. Yeah, I think that this was from a, from a gun broker auction. It was like a 45 rifle that had some very clear parts that were not from a 45 rifle. Right. <laughs> Oops. So that's what it is. 
yeah. if you've got a forty-five date rifle, I've, I mean, I've, I've seen some, I've seen some really strange things, but you don't see a BYF forty-five with a a BYF forty-one safety on it or a gas shield. It just, it, it doesn't happen. Sorry. All right, so it's got to be close. All right, number two. The 98B was called a carbine by the Germans so they could bypass the treaty restrictions of the Treaty of Versailles. I say negative. I Bruce, say negative. 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 Ooh, no. I heard that a lot, too. No. no. Carabiner 98B. But, it's, uh... I mean, somebody could morph that into carbine, but I've never heard that. Let me tell you something about the Germans and the and the the Treaty of Versailles. Early on, the Germans acknowledged the Treaty of Versailles and they cared about it. But I guarantee you, by 1925, the Germans didn't give a rat's ass about the <laughs> Treaty of Versailles. And a lot of the a lot of the secret codes that that happened in 1933, 1934, 1935. If you if you realize they're all S codes like S42, S147. Right. The S was meant to signify Simpson. Simpson oh. was the only manufacturer allowed to make parts for the Gewehr rifles or wow. whatever. See, so I, that, I never heard that ever. That's that's Yeah. I just I just dropped some knowledge on you. you that did. S code, the S codes. You should write a book. I should. <laughs> so the S codes were actually meant to confuse, quote unquote, the Allied inspectors. But I have a very good friend of mine. His name is Paul Schomper. He is a dedicated World War One historian and data collector and historian and researcher he's i'm just gonna say he is solely responsible for me figuring out the ss rifle conundrum he's the one he says bullshit they didn't they didn't care about it in 1935 1937 they didn't care about the treaty of versailles they actually didn't but they actually did in practice by using the s codes so yeah, you know, basically they wanted to make have the appearance of like caring, but they, they didn't, didn't give a right. shit. Like, and then did so not care. Is it safe to assume by middle of thirty eight or end of thirty eight they were they totally didn't oh. care? Oh, oh no, actually, I, would say, I, I would say before that. I would say by nineteen twenty nine, they didn't care. <laughs> it's way before. It's way before, but but the Germans. Um, I mean, this is all speculation, but I'm I'm assuming the Germans were like, you know what, this works. Let's go with it, kind of thing. Yeah, just a stamping, might as well. Yeah, it's like, hey, look, let's do this. But you know, they they abandoned all pretense by nineteen what nineteen thirty seven when they dropped the S codes or nineteen thirty eight. Well, so, they, uh, the thirty eight. It looks like. Yeah, they also just had you know a... for for uh, total clarity there's no documents that say exactly what i just said about the s copy and simpson but think about it makes total sense doesn't it yep 100 well, the, Sim the simpson marks the simpson were marked with the s just a yes, single all yep. the all the simpson parts were marked with the s now what, what's interesting is too is that the early mauser part their early 
internal inspection mark was an S. Yeah. So up to like 1936, which then when they reverted to the RW proof, there was you see S's stamped everywhere. Just either a Gothic S or a regular S. And I think that's a holdback to the whole Simpson yeah. thing. It could not be, but it, I think that it's it's oh, probably it it's probably more of this is what we do, so let's do it more than let's follow the Treaty of Versailles. I don't think they cared about the Treaty of Versailles. I think they were like, this is what we do, let's do it. Put the yes. So it's all, this is what I think, which is a lot of 98K stuff. You have to guess because there's no documents yet. Yeah, it sucks. I mean, we do the best we can trying to make historical inferences based upon what's actually, you know, visible on the weapons versus there's lack of published data. Yeah. And lack of documentation. Uh, we already went over these two here. The Germans didn't care about serial numbers during arsenal repairs, but we learned that they did add serial numbers. And then um, concentration camp rifles were sabotaged. And we learned that that was a true FUD statement. I'd, I'd hear that at numerous places. Yeah. So here's the thing about arsenal repairs at official Wehrmacht depots. Major components were re-serial numbered. Bolts, receivers, bands, stocks. But they didn't care about sights, bolt bayonet release, bayonet lugs, lugs yep. stupid oh. shit like that. That makes so, it hard. It makes it hard. Oh yeah, it's a yeah, it's a black hole rework. It's a black hole reworks oh. are a black hole, and I, I, I'm in that black hole. I've been down that black <laughs> hole many years. The problem is, you've got reworks with scrub bolts, scrubbed or number obviously scrubbed or number bolts, but they're legit. Oh yeah, I've got a, I've got a BNC forty one, where the bolt is scrubbed and renumbered, but they didn't care about the suffix. So the suffix hmm. is not scrubbed. They scrubbed just the top of the bolt, renumbered it, and didn't care about the suffix. So a lot of the... I, I just had a friend email me pictures of an SS Gewehr conversion. And when he sent me pictures, I'm looking at the front band, I'm like, wrong. He's like, why? I was like, I don't know. I've seen so many of them now that it just doesn't feel <laughs> right. It, it's, it's really a feeling. Yeah, that and that comes from looking at a million so pictures, a million different right Examples. websites, auctions, and whatever. Yeah, over and then and he sent me a picture of the bayonet mount. I was like, "Oh, nope, I'm out, 100. percent It's fake." And he's like, "Why?" I was like, "I don't know." And sometimes I'm the, I get overwhelmed being not the expert. I get, I look and I go, "Oh, there's too many markings. I don't know. I got to look. <laughs> it's going to take yeah. me three hours to figure this out if this is correct." Oh, it's gotten to the point where if the, the the uh, renumbering, the modern renumbering has gotten so good that you almost need that experience looking at hundreds of guns. And when you flip it up and yep. take a look at the bolt number, it's like, I don't, my spidey sense doesn't tell me this is good, you know? <laughs> and that's what it is. Like Bruce said, it's, the, it, it's that sense. Like when I looked at the front band on this gun, I was like, no, it's not good. He's like, why? I was like, I don't know. I can't tell you why. And it's something inside of you that I I think it's a modern font. I, I do. It's it's something me, that you see. It's something you see on a lot of fakes, and you realize it. You you notice it. So 
I feel bad for people that are trying to buy high-end guns because the fakes are really good. They are. Yep. They're good. Yep. They've got good. Which brings me to my theory. If a fake is so good that I can't tell, is it still fake? Well, a mm. fake... I wouldn't like if the fake was created in 2023 versus... If yes, but if a fake 50s. is conveyed, if a fake is converted in 2023, and I cannot tell, is it still fake? That's the question. <laughs> yes, it's fake. I mean, a fake's a fake, but yeah, if you if you can't, but if tell, I can't you tell, you is it know. fake? Because I've seen a lot of fakes, and I can spot a fake almost instantly. I guess not. Like, if if you can't tell, you're going to tell people it is not a fake. I do not do that anymore. Well, Well, or you in your head, you would tell yourself that it's not a fake. So you'll treat it as a original original, or you might say it could be, could, could not be. That's it. But that's, that's that's most of my high end German stuff. I think is possibly fake. The high end German market is going to get to the point. And this is my personal opinion where you cannot tell if something's fake. Well, look at, look at camel helmets. Perfect example. There you go. Yep. They've gotten so good that even Mike, yep. you've gotten to the point where you can almost impossible to tell a really, really high end fake from an original. Yeah. The guy no, knows I can spot stuff. them. I, I, I can tell just looking at them. I'm like, no, that's stupid. Who would believe that? Well, but is a cultivated diamond the same as a real diamond to you guys? Exactly. It's not. It's kind yeah. of the same thing. So this is my point. You, you just brought it full circle. At a certain point, a fake is going to be so good that no one can tell it's fake. Then it's original. And, it's and that's money. where we're all headed. Yeah. Because the fakes are getting better and better. But what if it leads to, I don't know if it's a fake or an original, so I'm not going to bother buying it. No, what it'll do is drop the value. Well, I I, I think the only caveat is that... And that's good for everybody. Yeah, but I think the only caveat would be that, like, uh, we've got a guy in the forum that specializes in metals, and this guy is a riot. And he uses micrography, and he's called Micro Joe, and... I love Micro Joe. Oh, this guy's great. (laughs) This is a bunch of shiza, you know? So, (laughs) but he uses uses microscopes, and it may come down to... be able to do micro, micro micrographic micro micrography on bolts and small parts to actually look and see if they've been manipulated or not. That it may come down wow. to that. But you're not going to go to a gun show and be able to do. No, that. you're not. You're not. Yeah. You're going to look at a gun at a gun show and say, "God, this looks good. Fuck it, I'm and doing it." You know it. what? With most of the gun shows are really badly lit. So no, and, I'll and, come with my right. card that says micrographied at a ten. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> you know. Hey, so I'll, it's I'll like anything you. else. You're going to have to defend yourself from the fakes. Okay, so for many years, everybody said you cannot fake styrofont. Because styrofont is really weird. And it's kind of primitive, you know? It's very primitive. It's very weird. Someone posted a gun years ago, probably three, four years ago. And I looked at it and I was like, oh my God, it's good. But it's bad. The font was good. The gun was bad. Somebody has recreated 
the Steyer font, it's over. Yeah. You know, you have to, you have to take everything into consideration. You cannot just look at the font. You can't look at that, that, whatever right. that is that you posted a right. picture of. Dude, so this like, is from latewar.com. <laughs> yeah, this is my, this friend, is my pal Hale. I don't know if you know Hale from the forums. He, um, yes, I know Hale. Yeah, I've he's, actually met him. He's Fabio. Uh, if you say so, I know him as Hale. No, have you met him? Nope, he's Can he's Canadian Fabio. He's Canadian, though. Yeah, he's, he's Canadian Fabio. Fabio. Wow, I gotta call him that now. <laughs> call him uh, Canadian Fabio, he'll love it. Uh, so he sent me a bunch of fakes. And like, look at this. There's no way that like this leaves no. a factory like this. No. How about this? Oh, look, that <laughs> right there is the uh, the M95 fakes. Yeah, the fakes out of Miami, out of Samco. Terrible. And what about this with the outline? Bad. Oh, totally yeah, that's bad. No way it has an outline, right? Bad. <laughs> bad. Bad. Keep bad. Going. This. bad. Bad. That's bad. easy. Bad. It's lazy. <laughs> bad. Bad. <laughs> Oh, look how bad. A gallery of totally bad. bad. Now, was there a pattern to four or five digit, like, like, or two, di like, on the? There is, but that right there. If <laughs> that, that's even, amateur. If you're drunk and you're stumbling home, you can see that's fake. <laughs> Maybe there's a, a Russian that put that on there. Yeah, no, one Russian one. Okay, look, I love this. The gas shield that you got right here. Okay. Yeah. Now, let me tell you something, what I see when I look at that. Do you see the flat part that's yellow? The whole back of the, the gas shield is flat and yellow. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's yeah. That's cold blue. Cold blue turns to sulfur. Oh, that's Ooh. right. I've seen that. So if you see a yellow on a gun, just keep keep going. Well, it's also <laughs> too flat, too. All right. So one of the questions was, uh, Fudlord, the last one was all oh, BNZ yeah. rifles are used were used by the SS. No, I love so, that question. So <laughs> let's explore that. No, so Everyone many people. SS, oh, BNZ are all SS. That's uh, that's so wrong. Yeah, me and Bruce. In fact, when we started talking about this, it's like, all right, Bruce, we need to talk about FUD conspiracies. He's like, what's a FUD? <laughs> I didn't know. <laughs> he didn't know because we call him. Uh, carny barkers or gun show carny barkers. Yeah, see, or, FUD is, is a quicker way of saying that, I guess. It is. I love FUD. Yeah. All I, right. I, so the, the, the big the big gun show lore is all BNC, BNC guns are camp guns. It's not true. But is it? Is it a lot of them are? Look, I put your picture there. Oh my god. Mr. I Farb. love that. That Yes, that right there, that's Mr. Farb. Yeah. No War Eagle for you. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah. The SSCA4 guns are very special. But, no, not all BNZ guns are camp guns, but, yes, they are. <laughs> Interesting. Does that make sense? But all camp guns are BNZ guns. So, here's the deal. In 1944... Or 1943, the SS contracted with Steyr and said, "Hey, we want to build guns from scratch. Can you do it?" And Steyr said, "Yeah, we can do it." And you know why they said that? Because the guy that led the, the Steyr factory was an SS 
Oberstarmerfuhrer. Mm-hmm. They were all buddies. And so the Star set out to make a, a program to build their, the SS wanted autonomous 98K production or weapons production from the beginning of time, from from the very start of the war. And the German the German organization said just whatever. So that's so so the SS contracted with the Czechs to make some weird shit like the Panzerbusch 41 uh and a tank rifle. By the time the Czechs finally finished this thing, it was totally obsolete. So the SS wanted their own rifle production. They they wanted to be autonomous from the from the German military. So Steyr contracted with the SS to make guns. And in May of 1943, they started production. So here's the thing. The Army didn't realize that the SS was going to use Army parts to build their guns. I don't think that they knew that. And so they thought they were going to make their own? Yes. Uh-oh. But they didn't have the shit, their shit together. So they started making guns, and you see this receiver right here that you're showing a picture of? It's BNC-4 marked. And if you look just barely on the right side, you can see a 77 on the right receiver. Look the, right there. Yeah, okay. Okay, so that's Waffenamt accepted. So the Army made a deal with Steyr said, look, or made a deal with the SS. I, f- I found the document that says this. It's been widely available, but it's never been put in context. So the army basically said, if you build your junk, don't mix it in with ours. If <laughs> if you want to boil it down. So the so, so Steyer said, well, we'll just mark them with an S or whatever they decided. They decided on the S. Yeah, the rune. So that S oh, that shit. you see on that receiver is actually meant to cancel out that Waffenopt. Okay. That's actually the sole purpose of that S. And the way we know mm-hmm. that is, in the later years, in like 1944, when you see receivers that have no Waffenopt inspection on the right side, there's no S. So um, that S is directly related to that Waffenopt. And what about two S's? Isn't that double runes? Those are different. Have you seen one? No, I heard about double runes. <laughs> Lots of fakes with double runes. All right, I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to tell you something. I didn't see them in the book there. I saw a chart that specifically said single runes. Right, because that's the norm. But I'm going to tell you right now, and this is... Breaking news. No, it's unverifiable. Ooh. Unverifiable? No more bourbon. Yes. Um, unverifiable. And unverifiable. I have photos of a BNZ 44 marked receiver with double runes. It's not oh. normal. It's an accident. So what they did you just hit it twice by accident? Probably. Yeah. It's that close. It's, no, you, you see a lot of double runes on a lot of fakes, though, bad fakes. That's some reason. Yeah. It just proliferated see, over the years, the double runes. Oh, it's SS, you know? All right. One thing yeah. I've learned over yeah. the years, never say never. Because if you say they never did this, you will get kicked in the balls. One will pop up somewhere. from somewhere. Yeah. I, I told a buddy of mine, it's like, Gustloff never used walnut stocks. And 
I had a guy, I had a call from a guy. He's like, hey, I caught something. It's kind of odd. Uh, you want to buy it? I'm like, eh, sure, why not? So he sends it to me. He didn't tell me what it was. I just agreed because I'm 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 willing to take a chance. And so I go to my dad's house. My dad's a dealer. He gets the gun. I go in, get it, go out to my truck, and I start pulling it out of the box. And it's a BCD four with a solid wall, not walnut. Beach, 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 solid beach stock. I pull it out. I'm looking at it, going, "This doesn't exist. It's a solid beach blank." So cut. you think right away it's real, or you're thinking it's fake? I, at first, I thought, no, I knew it was real. I could tell pulling it out. All right. And I'm looking at it, going, "Oh my god, I was wrong. I said they never used a solid stock." Yeah. And I'm stupid. So you'll never catch me saying they never did X because they did. Well, that sucks for collectors because you have to say uh, it's all original or not. And then you, you, you might have to say, I don't know. This is wartime. No updates. Here's, yeah. the, here's the truth. The truth is there's, and I tell this to my sniper buddies that collect sniper rifles. There's a, uh, I don't know what you call it. There's a range. Okay, there's a range of guns that are real. And then there's to the right and to the left. To the left is fake. To the right is, what the hell? You know, it's going to be real. Do not collect to the left and to the right. Only collect in the middle. <laughs> What's What you can prove. Yep. Do not buy a gun that you don't know if it's good or bad. Because it's probably bad. The right. The... The number of guns that fall to the right, which are rare experimental versions, is almost microscopic to the mad the the number of guns that fall into the fake. Yep. So I I was at a gun show at at show of shows and a friend's like, Oh, should I buy this sniper? I'm like, No. He's like, But it's (laughs) it looks good. I'm like, No, it's not normal. It's it's you know, there's a couple things different. He goes, Oh, I want it. I was like, it's a waste of money. Well, that's the thing is that people will always seem to buy it. Like even with RTI, we were saying before, don't do it. Dollar people are doing it. That's yeah, why do they it. keep doing it. Do not do it. Oh well, we're at it. Got one more fud lore. Okay. Let's hear the fud lore. I love fud lore. Let's see. German troops would sometimes discard their rifles and pick up enemy rifles, such as the. Mosin Nagant SVT 40 or M1 carbine that they favored to use depending on the front. No. No. Uh, certainly, <laughs> certainly used Russian, you know, captured rifles, but they wouldn't throw their rifle away. Oh, good grief. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure so, they would be beat it's up. It's just that like one. the modern military. You're issued a rifle. You better have that crap when you're done. I, I but, th- think a lot of it started from this, like a photo of a couple of German guys with the M1 carbine rifle and i think yes. it's like oh look they picked them up that it's was very it. possible that they picked them up but they also whatever their issue firearm was was recorded in their soul book they were responsible for that so no. we had a we had a, a guy in germany uh stefan hansen he was a good archivist and translator for us he had thrown up a, a tidbit from one of the no, uh, army notice notices and it was a it was a notice of a 
soldier lost Here's his rifle over the lot. board. It was in the Here's Ordnance yep, Lot, yep. which is the official army like newsletter. So yeah, the guy lost his rifle overboard on a boat, and so it was. I, Mike, you might have read that where the guy was gonna be. You know, they were gonna take care of him. Yeah, but the guy gotten is gonna get in some major major crap because he lost his gun. Yeah, the, that rifle was yeah. issued. You, you didn't throw it away and pick up a freaking M1 car. In fact, there the damn rifles or were a Mosin. in their box too, right? Yeah. No, they didn't do that. Uh, a guy that was let, let's just say that you're a squad leader and you're issued an MP40. You might pick up a PPSH41, but your MP40 is still part of you because it's issued to you. Just right. like a 98K. It's issued to you. It's in your soul book. It's it's property that you have to keep track of. I'm not saying that a German soldier didn't pick up a Mosin that got with a scope on it, but even that was controlled. I mean, it's a military. It's it's not free-for-all. A lot of guys like to pretend it's free-for-all, but it's it's not. The German military is very strict. They don't allow you to do whatever you want to do. If you captured a, if you captured any weapons, you turned them into your CO. And that shit was sent to the the regimental, you know, weapons collection people. A lot of German soldiers carried PPSH 41s because they loved them. But I guarantee you they didn't throw their MP40 in a in a ditch. That stuff was accountable, and you were accountable for your stuff. Your stuff, so that's that's lore, in my opinion. All right, I got some on the stocks. There's three. There's a stock trio here. One is the Germans ran out of wood blanks, so that's why they went to laminate stocks. Um, the next is uh, the stocks after '43 were made thinner to save weight. And the last was the German Germany experimented with plastic and resin K98 stocks. So Bruce? did they run out of wooden blanks? I think they were always looking for alternate sources and plywood. The thing I think that really the reason they opted to go for the laminate was because beaches all over Europe, and it was very plentiful and it made great plywood. And it was, uh, it made sense from a production standpoint. And, uh, you know, certainly walnut was a little harder to get. So, you know, if I'm a manufacturer and I can use plywood just as readily as I can walnut, then I'd go for it. All right. Were any stocks actually made different thinner wise? Um, no, I don't think so. Cause no. some of the mid-war stocks are heavier than you know what they're way heavier. Just the density <laughs> of the laminate. Yeah, I don't. I don't think the profile is. It might have changed by, you know, thousands or something. But I don't think there was any major dimensional change in the stocks other than when they went to Krieg's model. All right, fuds. And now, there, uh, there, is, there is a lot of what they call nutwood or low density walnut late in the war, which is really light, especially in '45. But you know, and then in response to your third question, yeah, they used the phenolic rosin. They experimented with phenolic rosin. Or, or uh, 
impregnated uh, rosin stocks in 37. Mauser Berlin did oh. the developmental work with General Electric, believe it or not. Oh, wow. And what happened? Mm -hmm. It was, they, they wasn't good? It broke? Or was it money? I, they, it was, got to the prototype and field testing stage and it just ended there. We've got a lot of a documentation on it, but we don't know why they didn't implement it. Hmm. My That's guess is that it was ahead probably, of their time. from a manufacturing standpoint, it was probably more expensive and actually took more uh, labor hours to make. Because if you actually look at the construction of the stock, it's actually pretty amazing. And that's in volume one, by the way. <laughs> hey, there you go. I was thinking, I got to look up that uh, stock. <laughs> All right, on, on, the, on the last topic for FUD lore, what's the worst piece of FUD lore or misinformation that y'all have heard? Oh, man. Oh, jeez. <laughs> this has got to be good. Wow. Uh, oh, my favorite is that uh, Mauser had royalties on every 98k produced you hear that at gun shows <laughs> have you ever heard that well, i don't know if i've heard that one no oh oh so all the other manufacturers have to pay mauser yeah bruce what do you say to that no they didn't <laughs> no they they were my my let's see my but, I don't have any documentation showing any financial transfers between the other firms and Mauser at all. I can no. actually ask John that, but I think no. he'll say the same thing. No. They do you guys have any unconfirmed, you couldn't put it in the book because it's unconfirmed, but like secret rumor that you think is true about maybe things they did at the end of the war? Yeah, I know what you're, I know where you're getting at. Um, <laughs> saying anything that you couldn't I know there's a lot you can't confirm sometimes because it's you just hear one side of it dude we're pretty we're pretty straightforward just telling people what we think and uh, if I if I put out a conspiracy theory I'll I'll say it but I no, can't I think, think of anything no we presented basically the, basically we presented everything back. we could think of in the yeah. books we didn't hold back if we thought it was a conspiracy or if we thought it was unsubstantiated, we actually just said it in the book. There, There's a couple of things in the book that we say it's, it's unknown, especially in the SS chapters. Right. I think I did see that. You said there's no proof of this, but right. I, I think right. I think right now the biggest enigma is in the, and Stephen Hansen was very, Trying to formulate a conclusion that there was actually 98Ks made at Buchenwald, and I still disagree with him. So, yeah, there's people yeah. that think Ooh. there was 98Ks made at Buchenwald before it was bombed, but we're not we're not sure. And we know they made K43s, and I know they made barrels, and they assembled KKWs. But as far as we know, there was 98K production was wasn't wasn't done. There it was all done in Weimar. At the at the Gustav plant, not at uh, not at Buchenwald. Hmm. Uh, you've seen enough documents, right? Yeah, we've seen a lot of documents. But you know what? Documents lie. <laughs> yeah. Come on. Yeah. No. No, I'm serious. So that's one thing that me and Bruce have learned: that just because you have a document that says something, it's not necessarily true. 
No, especially when it comes to the SS. Oh, God, they lied a lot. Yeah, um, I can see that. So, uh, that's my number. The number one thing I think of when I think of fakes is all SS stuff for some reason. I just heard too many stories. Fake oh, there's, a lot, of, there's and... a lot of fake SS stuff. But uh, one of the biggest lies that I found that's 100% proven is if you if you read the uh i think it's in volume two i'm not sure but there's documents that talk about g24t production and they talk about how many they're going to make and they're going to convert to 98k production and they actually list the number of guns that are made but if you look at the serial number studies it doesn't even come close Wow. <laughs> so wait, which way? It it was under? way less, way less. So they made way less than they said they were going to make, because what the Germans? God, I don't want to hate. I don't want the Germans to hate me, but a lot of the Germans at the time would make the paperwork look better than it was. That's best I can say it because you've got documentation that shows, oh, we made this, 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 this. And then you look at the actual examples and you're like, oh, they're like 75,000 short. All right. So they, they lied. They They might have have embellished their production numbers just to make it look good. You're right. Document documents lie. Depends what document you're looking at, I guess. No, I mean, yeah, that that's true. But documents lie. So when we're writing the book, we're reading documents going, ooh, this is doesn't line up with our examples that we have, you know, serial number studies. We well, that, see what they did. Right. We that's have, how you prove if it's right. if the document's true or not is by looking at examples. Bruce, am I wrong? That we have no, there's, there's, we've got enough statistical data on, on reported examples to establish pretty good trends. I mean, Paul will back that up, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Paul Schomper. That dude is solid. And if you if you go back and compare observed examples, which don't lie, to documentation, it doesn't match. So a lot of people put a, a lot of people put weight into documentation that is not 100 percent reliable because a lot of these guys that were writing these documents did not want to go to the Eastern Front. And I'm assuming that they were making their case to keep their job over the truth. I don't know. Maybe yeah. I'm wrong. Good point. It's all yeah. it's all speculation. Right. I mean, you, you can't you can't read intent in a document from nineteen forty three. All right, boys and girls. It's time to spin the wheel of Millsurp. All right, the Wheel of Millsurp contains a number of Millsurp dilemma prompts for us to decide on, all related to the Millsurp of the show. I'll I'll tell you the prompts here. We have Would You Rather, This or That. We have Buy or Pass. We have Make This Trade. We have Finish This Sentence. There's a number of things on here. So, all right, I'm going to spin it. All right, it landed on Would You Rather. I'm going to show you a few different rifles. I'm going to tell you what they are, and you're going to pick one of the three rifles, okay? You can only pick one. First up is a J.P. Sauer early rifle. It's an S 
147-1936. It's the earliest S147 serial you've ever seen. That's what this is. It's good, except the cocking piece safety and front band don't match. It's going to annoy you. So the stock is, has some handling marks and a few minor cracks, but nothing bad. But it's the earliest serial you've ever seen. That's the first one. The second one's a JP Sauer, but it's a real late, it's a CE44, but it's great. It's almost pristine, but the bolts a mismatch. Everything else about it is pristine, markings are crisp, and it's one of the latest serial blocks you've ever seen. It's like a V block. No, Y is the last. Oh, but go ahead. A Y block. Z block. <laughs> one of those. No, Y is the last. Sorry. It was one of those. So, you got that I'm guy. I'm the late war guy. He is yeah, the late yeah. war guy. And the last one's a J.P. Sauer mid-war, 1940-147 marking. But it's an overall piece of shit with a sewer pipe bore, except it has capture papers from a GI who captured this. So, do you like the early one that's just good, couple of small pieces not matching? Do you like the, you're a late guy, so you might like that. The late one that's pristine, except it's a total bolt mismatch. Or the last one, which you can't, you can barely shoot. You'd have to fix it up, but it's a papered bring back rifle. Bruce, your name's on the book first, so you go first. I'll take the late war JP Sauer. <laughs> Ooh. All right. I'll take goes, the 36. Wow. The not late war for... guy took the early one. Not going yeah, for... I, I yeah. did. You said it was pristine, so I took that. Yes, it's a pristine late one. Yeah. So I don't I'll know. Take... The, the thing about early war guns that have a couple mismatch parts, who gives a shit? I yeah. like it. Bolt mismatch? No, somebody did that. Yeah, but it sounds like Bruce is okay with that. And that's yeah, the front situation. band killed it for me though. Oh yeah, front band mismatch. That's bad. It's annoying. Yeah, it's but... An early gun, yeah. Ugh. Kelly, what do you like? As a Kelly's a World War One guy, uh -huh. but has just I I've tried to get him up into the World War Two. He, he he has a kid idea, but I mean, he... don't do it, <laughs> Kelly. <laughs> most yeah, I've, I've been I've been saying quiet because I only ha I actually only have a single K98K, and it's a Russian so, capture. <laughs> yeah, so he, me and you could talk World there. War One because I have some World War One stuff. But there you <laughs> go, go ahead. Let's see, which one did I take? Hmm. That's a tough call. I would probably have to go for the late war in superb condition. Yeah, you guys are smart. Well, you know what I'm taking? The piece of shit one with the papers. So I have papers. a story. For the left rest of my life, I have a story to tell. Yeah. I have I have a I already have K98s I could shoot. Screw uh, that. I'm going to take it. And I have proof that this was returned. I'll have a whole story I'll make up. Yeah. <laughs> Add value to it. Yeah, but it sat in the barn for 50 years. Right. It's <laughs> terrible. But I'll, I'll, I'll have a story for that. It was yeah. hidden from yeah. the Germans underneath the, in yeah. a lake. You can make up whatever you want. That's right. <laughs> All right. All right. We're almost done here. We covered a lot. Um, but 
it, it would take like 10 shows to cover everything of the K98. So we're just yeah, scratching right. the surface. Scratching the surface. You're right. right. Yeah, we've skipped a few things. I guess welcome we're already to our world. <laughs> three yeah. hours in. Yeah, we could have a follow up one. So, yeah, like, welcome to our world. <laughs> we wrote we wrote 1900 pages and we just scratched the surface of 98Ks. It's it's insane. All right, we're going to do an audio book. <laughs> yeah. Read the whole series. So, Don't so do like, it. With the accessories and the slings and bayos and all that, instead of talking about you know specific things, um, do you cover all that in all your books? All the accessories like slings, bayonets, uh, scopes, yeah, sniping rifles. Yep. Yep. Grenade each launchers. Vol- each volume has an accessory section specific the- to that period. Are there any kind of rare or unknown accessories? That people don't really that you they never see in the U.S. market, and even more rare than like the 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 Scheisbecker. We didn't put silencers in the book, although oh, they, okay. we do have some. Actually, I've got some original blueprints from John copies of that Mauser was working on. Um, and evidently, they had requests from the field for for silencers. Believe it or not. Ooh, that's cool. Yeah. Wow. So maybe that'll hit the addendum. We'll see. I never heard of that. So. That- yeah, neither did I. Actually, Hugh Brock, before he died, he had a ground dug one, maybe a prototype he showed me years ago. And um, it's close to paper camp. I have a friend that has an FG-42 that has a grenade launcher screwed to the barrel, which they said never happened. So there's a lot of things that the Germans did that we don't know about. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Great. Wow. Maybe so, it'll show up in a book. Yeah, maybe, maybe, and uh, sometimes we talk about the guns so much we forget that they actually shoot. You know, we're treating them like a piece of art. So, um, eight millimeter Mauser as a as a round. I don't know uh, how how do you guys feel that is as far as a Mauser round compared to a lot of people say seven millimeter is the best Mauser round or six point five. You guys fans of it? Actually, I did a study on this years ago when I was looking for a hunting rifle Uh-oh. and i go. was looking at 30 out six eight millimeters you know, blah, blah, and i came up with um 280 seven millimeter express remington i thought that was the best round all right i mean eight, eight millimeters a good round has lots of energy you know pretty shallow recoil you know it's it's a great round but shallow just... recoil have you shot one <laughs> yeah compared to a 30 out six springfield that's way easier to shoot oh <laughs> I never got a bruised shoulder from a shooting a 98 when I used to shoot my dad's 30 out six Springfield. Good grief. Yeah, 10 rounds to a 98K, you're done. Man. Yeah, I was going to ask you all do you do a lot of shooting or mostly collecting at this point? I do. I do very little shooting. I do very little shooting, but when I do 10 rounds, that's it. It's, <laughs> it hurts. That, that shit's yeah. it's terrible. I, and and it, do you guys reload or have you reloaded? No. I I, I've never, I never have. My brother reloads. If I need something, I tell him. <laughs> yeah, Kelly reloads. I don't know if you reloaded eight millimeter Mousey yet, though. I do. Yes. I'm, oh, snap. especially if I make some light stuff for my Gavari eight. Ah, oh, there you go. Very nice. That's another book. I like that. So, I like that. And have you guys shot the Car ninety eight uh, AZ? And how do you compare that? To a K98K. I have, right. I have I'm not. Gonna, I'm going to stop you right there. Uh oh. He said. He said the letter. 
I said A. You said C. C, but all right. You knew I was going to stop you. I know. I was going to stop you. You know why? Because most people call it the AZ. I know the logistics. It's the A, and then it changed. But so people know what I'm talking about at that point. Yeah, but the AZ. That was the experimental version of that round, that that rifle. It, it's, it's not. It was Car ninety eight A. Remember how liberal he was with the K ninety eight K. But this is this is different. Not this. I've been corrected too many times. Jeez. So if you're talking about a Car ninety eight A, let's just call it that. Leave the Z. That's. That's well, there's not a, right. There's the, the car 98 right, is now, the Holmes first is short again. rifle, and then the car 98A is the second version. The AZ, oh. I don't know how that got into the lexicon. I don't know either. It just it was prevalent for a long time. It's weird. It's 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 literally that's why I use none it, of the documentation. I know, but if you read, if you look at like me and Bruce, we we study documents, it does not show up. There's no such thing as K98AZ doesn't show up. All right, I'll change my notes. A. All right, so the 98A versus the K98K. Have you they're shot exactly them both? The same. They're no. the same. I have. They're the same. I know it's they have the same, same barrel, barrel yeah. uh, size. It's it's the same. Same they're barrel same. length. Yeah, just small ring. Maybe a little lighter. That's it. Just stop saying Z and you'll you'll be fine. <laughs> Leave the Z for he'll probably he'll probably call it Car ninety eight AZ. No, AZ. we're not Canadian. Oh, yeah, we're not Canadian here. Look at the hell. What the, the hell Car ninety eight with stacking rod. It's called the English translation. No, it's Car ninety eight A, and Car ninety eight K is what we collect. The K. There are other K98s like the trainers that are so expensive now. Do you guys collect those too? Like the DSM or the, no, the Geckos? They're not, and... they're not enormously expensive. Well, I, I've seen them like a thousand bucks now. Oh, well, yeah, but in our world, that's oh, okay. expensive. But well, um, when I first I've started collecting, they had... were like 400 or 500. Well, the KKW is the big brother of the, you know, from a trainer standpoint, and then the DSM is the little brother, basically. Then you have a 625, which is a completely different beast, but um, they're, you know, the, especially with Simpson's book and him disposing of his collection, I mean, I think that was primarily responsible driving prices up. Yeah, but I mean, Simpsons you can... I mean, you can still buy a nice KKW. I know a guy that just bought a real nice uh, SA marked them for just a thousand bucks. It was a great, great price. And uh, I cheaped out and bought a Norinco KKW. KKW. Have you seen those? Yes. They're, they're, they're nice. It's pretty guns. good. It's the pretty shooter. good. Yeah. You could tell it's not a German made gun, though, you know, within five seconds of pulling around. But yeah, I've had all the, all the manufacturers on the KKWs with the, I've even had a Walther, <laughs> believe it or not. But and, they're they're neat rifles. They're just it's like a twenty two K ninety eight K ninety eight K. Especially on the latter versions of Mauser's production, they use ninety eight K parts on it. They use ninety eight K front sight uh, base. They use the ninety eight K rear sight base. Modified ninety eight K rear sight leaf. Same type of safety. It's, yeah, maybe that's why it's up there. It's using half of the parts. 
And what's really interesting about that real quick is the Mauser produced a boatload of KKWs in late 1944. A lot of people don't realize that. Hmm. Yeah, like think almost 4,000 rifles were, were manufactured in late 1944. And were these trainers for the the infantry and the army? Or is no, this I think actually a... they went to mostly the SA and some of the, uh, the civilian groups, quasi-military okay. groups. I don't think hardly any went to the army at that point. Yeah, I heard some called the like the Hitler Youth Rifles that were. I think they were training used for training uh, civilians and uh, and uh, paramil, you know, like even Volkstrom for shooting. That's my opinion. It's amazing they're in decent shape, then you know. <laughs> well, a lot of the second series KKWs are in really nice shape. But the civilians kept took care of them. Well, they didn't. They obviously, they never saw combat, so they were just used for training purposes. <laughs> yeah. So on K98 adjacent rifles, we kind of mentioned sniper variants a little bit. Is that something y'all have delved in much, or kind of stayed away from due to all the fakes? No, I collect uh, Mauser built snipers. Okay. Um, both turret, took both low and high turret, and then uh, ZF41 variants. Oh wow. So I've got ZF-41s made by both factories and the Berlin and Orbendorf plant. And then I've, uh, Berlin plant only made ZF-41s, a long eye relief platform. And then the Mauser parent factory was actually developed a low turret in uh, Sniper in 1940. And then they stopped production. And then in, sometime in mid to late 1943, they started it back up again. Did you share your pictures of your, of your collection anywhere online or no? Uh, a lot of my collection is in the books. Oh, really? I mean, partly, yeah. I mean, I've got, you know, not everything, but I've probably got a dozen guns in the in the, in the the books that are out of my collection. And in both Mike and I, especially in the late war, a lot of the late war stuff is out of both of our collections, especially from, you know, the Mauser chapter. And uh, at the time, Mike had had a pretty big holding of a lot of late war guns, so a lot of the late war guns were out of his collection. Wow. And, but like yeah, like we said earlier, I mean, we went all over. We went to multiple sources to you know to get uh, rifles for all the volumes. And do you care about K98s used by other countries? Like uh, the Austria took us right, took it to make a sniper SSG 98K, and yeah, those were all post-war stuff. I mean, my yeah, I have very little interest in any post-war use of that. I mean, the only, the only, my big interest, obviously, being a Mauser guy, would be the French resume production. Okay. And what's interesting is a lot of people don't realize also is that when the French started a production, they just kept making regular Kriegs models at the Mauser factory. Hmm. Th those guns did not have the little side sling, you know, for the Maz sling. And they just didn't whatever they were, just whatever they were set up for. They just, they had enough barrels and in inventory to make rifles into mid 1946. That's cool. So they didn't make any new barrels. And then French, I think they made, when they started up production, I think they made around fifty to 60,000 additional 98Ks over the course of a little over a year. And my Polish friend, Kruxter, I don't know if you know him from the yeah, forum. he's on the forum, yeah. Yeah, he was asking, you know, the Germans were sticklers with their naming conventions, but they had two G2940s going around. One was the put-together oh. parts 
rifles and then one was the the continuation of the rifles that Steyer was making. So he was wondering Mike, why they would call them both that. Mike can elaborate on that. Uh, that's that's difficult because the Polish parts that Steyer used. Oh, geez, that's a that's a big mess. See, that gun right there is not a 2940. That's a G1234. Yeah. Right. So who's calling it the 2940, though? That's not, they're, that's, they're misnaming it. That's not correct. Now, that's so, a 2940 right there, assuming the side rail's marked. That's the 2940. Yep. There, there you, go. you go. But why is this one called a 2940? So that's not an official. No, they're name. wrong. It should not be that's called a 20. It's not a 2940. That that that's what people used to call a G twelve thirty four or no they call it a twenty nine O twenty nine it's actually a G twelve thirty four. Oh okay, that's the one Danny Millsworth did a video on that. Yeah, they mislabeled. It, they that's actually a that's that's actually a Luftwaffe version of the Colombian model twenty nine. Okay. Yeah. So if you look at a Colombian model twenty nine, the fittings, the little cut way the stocks cut are very similar. And the Luft, they just, the Germans just, you know, basically made some minor modifications and it turned it into the G1234. One thing was, I was curious, I brought this up, if, what do people say is their holy grail, like, what is the most common, like, quote, I hate the phrase holy grail, but for lack of a better word. No, it's easy. There's a, there's a. There's a, there's a spectrum from very common to very rare. So, one guy, what came up a lot was a BSW 36. Is that something like that? Well, like, that's the only one we know is in Russia. So, there's one in the <laughs> world that we know of. So, obviously, that's at this point, it's the rarest 98K in the world. So, that's why. What, what, what else? Is there anything else you would say is like a, uh, if you heard someone had it, you'd be like, oh, that's one of the rare ones. Um, S243G, AXAR41. I mean, super rare codes. So early, that's beginning ones. Yeah. Uh, it, 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 I mean, it depends. I mean, SW, SWJ actually used to be uber rare, but now with seven or eight have showed up in the last five years. So, what is the rarest that you currently have? Uh, S243G. Oh, wow. All right. Nice. And I, I paid an enormous amount of money for it, and that's a <laughs> that's a whole new different whole new backstory. It's it's quite a quite a uh, quite a journey the rifle took to end its way in my collection. Shit. What about my, did Mike have a uh, his must be a, a late war? Uh, Does he have a prize? prize yeah, I, I think probably one of the rarest guns he's got is he's got a double marked SS gun that I got for him. Ooh. That's basically brand new. Wow. And it's a Gewehr conversion, but it's brand new. And most of those are really, really well used. And I was What do you mean double marked? Uh, they actually has two death's head. They actually had to re-index the barrel. So for whatever wow. reason, and it's got a second death's head under the barrel mark, a barrel line, plus one above it. Uh, well, wow. Two uh, death heads? Can y'all hear me now? Wait. He's, he's alive. Oh, barely still. Gosh, I don't know. Bruce is lying. He's lying. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, it's got I, nine I, death I heads. I, I didn't do a thing, <laughs> and my mic just 
decided to stop working. I want to hear what is the ne- what are these next two books? Oh, yeah, Bruce, I'll let you tell. You're doing good. Well, volume four, I don't know what we're going to call it yet, but it's going to be uh, basically a follow-up edition to the first three volumes, and it's uh, it's going to basically catch up everything that we've found in the last ten years that didn't make it into the previous three books, and there's a lot of cool stuff that's going to go in there, and then. Some a lot, uh, some additional historical information that we've got from Stefan Hansen in Germany and John Speed. So yeah. it's so old it, years from some from beginning to end. Everything, yeah. Uh, it's kind of cool. like the old uh, encyclopedia where you got a yearbook every year that catch you up. Yeah. Stuff, all the stuff that we found since then. Oh, I love that idea. Because that's the be problem fun. with a lot of books. As soon as you write the book. Yeah. it's it's you know it's stuck it's right. gonna get old right away it's right. gonna be just different little things that we found to make it cool just cool stuff you got to give it a great name that encapsulates everything. that that is the tough part is figuring out what to call this beast <laughs> yeah well why don't you name it tom i'd have to think about it like a like a you need like a like an epic name that makes like a a comp- Composium or something like some kind of, yeah. But the next real book, I mean, that's that's just like bluff. It's a warm up. We're gonna do booty waffen. Wait, who? Booty waffen. Booty waffen. Booty waffen. Booty waffen. That's all the captured weapons that the Germans used in World War Two. Oh, that'll be a good one. Polish, Italian, French. Right. So, and all those Belgian, Greek, all Italian, those initials yeah. that they used. Oh, there's so many. Oh yeah. Wow. It, and I hope you give some sense to their naming conventions with the, some of them. No, there's no sense in it. <laughs> Revolver six thirty seven F. Oh yeah. Well, if if you go to a gun show and you see a French rifle laying on a table, you pass it up. But. There's a lot of cool French rifles laying on the tables. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, and I I saw a few rifles that the only way to know it was a German was the bayonet lug was a modified. Yeah, some of them just cut twice. Yeah, so that's right. I'd love to know all these little secrets. That's that's the book. That's what it's going to be about. Yep, you got it. That'll be a really cool one. But, but wait, all, all different stuff. guns? Any gun? Mm-hmm. All wow. So you're going from one gun to every gun. Basically well, country <laughs> country specific. Booty whopping. There, there's like uh, the, the Germans had booty tanks, booty weapons, booty uniforms, booty helmets. They used everything. This is wow. just about the rifles. That we and and it's really gonna focus on rifles that have German depot markings. Because the Germans used a lot of French rifles with no modification. So, well, I'm yeah, we curious gotta... to see because I never know. I was it World War One where they would put the Deutschland yeah. mark yep. on it. Yep, I, I remember those Deutschreich. Yeah, but World War Two. Yeah, I never know exactly. Besides the 24T under occupation, but sometimes they did. So you'll see examples where they did. Do you end up having to buy all these as well? <laughs> uh, like do you get into it somewhat like whenever i research i want to buy 
Yes. <laughs> we, we've got a pretty good uh, group of people that we can tap into for all, for all those guns. That's that's really what it, it it's a collaborative effort. Wow, that's awesome. And you're you're going to use all your things you learned from your oh, sure. first three books now, so you could you you pros now. Actually, the it's going to be a lot simpler. It's going to be mostly a photographic journey. Yeah, it'll be easy. There's not much documentation to prove it. We just have examples to prove it. Right. Perfect. I look forward to that. That'll be a good one. And do you have any other go-to websites or books besides your own and your own forum <laughs> that you guys go to for shit that you can recommend? I, you know what? Um, Here's the thing. I collect more than 98Ks, but if if you're gonna if you're gonna study something you have to look at other things like i I collect p38s the p38forum.com i go there uh gun boards i still go there i'm a moderator there too uh can you handle reddit no i don't go to reddit <laughs> i don't go to reddit i don't go to facebook well you you're already you're already spread pretty thin with your your forum it's a lot to cover it's a lot. Can't imagine you going to too many other forums and shit like and that. And we have jobs. And yeah. real life, yeah. 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 <laughs> All right. I think we covered a lot here. We might have to make it a three-parter. Awesome. Yeah. I think the only thing left is uh, Mike's big secret. The one, yep. last, the one last secret that no one seems to know. Hey, I hate K98. What? No, no, no. So... If you were going to say who made the first 98K, who would you say it was? Mauser, right? Mauser or J.P. Sauer, at the, if I had to take a second guess. J.P. Sauer made the first 98K. You heard yeah. it here, folks. J.P. Sauer made How? the first 98K. I thought they developed it at Mauser. Nope. No, Sauer. Sauer is the, pers- Sauer is the factory that created the first 98K. Wow, that's a good one for trivia, Tom. Yeah. Yeah, right. So when we were doing this book, we we were actually shocked. I I mean Bruce, were you shocked? Oh yeah. I was shocked too. There's documents dating from nineteen thirty three with JP Sauer ordering parts for the ninety eight K system. And and what was it it was called the ninety eight? Nope. It was called the K eighteen. Ooh. K18. Because I know you said 33. That's when they, they were still doing those 33 standard models. So I'm thinking maybe, no. maybe they got something. But if you're saying it had a different name. If you look at the early JP Sauer guns, they have a dual band spring arrangement. Have you ever seen those? Where, where did, there's two springs instead of one? One on exactly. each side. One on each side. So what they did yeah. is they took the, the car 98B and shortened it. And they mm. have a band spring for the rear band on the left. And a band, band spring for the front band on the, no, wait, right. Well, then it's technically different, so it's not the it's different. <laughs> but they were making those in 1933-34 is when they started actually producing them. They didn't want, because of the treaty, of course, they were masking their production, right, from everybody. So that's why we don't know exactly? No, it doesn't matter. Walter went to the Nazis and said, hey, we can make short rifles for your soldiers. and the consortium started making the consortium started making 98ks in 1934. Bruce, when did Mauser deliver the first 98k pattern rifles? I don't actually. It's either December 34 or January 35. 
exactly that late. They were very late. Hmm. J.P. Wow. Sowers delivering K98K pattern rifles in the night in 1934. So they were first. I, I don't know the logistics. Is Sewell close to Oberndorf? No, no, it's a. So this is that far but away, and they, and they Walter Sauer and all those guys were all in Sewell. J- wow. In fact, Zella Mellis and Sewell are right next to each other. So, Sal- so that that should be, uh, you know, Sal- Bruce, you might have to change what you collect. You might have to collect J.P. Sowers. <laughs> no, he won't do it. Sal- no. Sauer made the first 98 case. They started it. Military. They did, actually. A lot of people don't. Well, that that's the big secret, that J.P. Sauer made the first 98K pattern rifles. All right. I probably would have bet a million dollars it was Mauser. Over yeah. <laughs> I've never heard that. So, yeah. You never know. Everybody, everybody thinks that, but it's actually J.P. Sauer. And it's all politics that caused that, more than likely. <laughs> but they made the first 98K. It didn't. It didn't pass. It it failed. Mouse <laughs> took, took over in 1935 with the single band spring. That was it. And they tried to hide it until now, and you 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 brought it back up. I exposed it. No. You exposed them. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> cool, man. That was fun. All right. All right. I think we said it all for. These twelve episodes that we just recorded. Yeah, good luck at that. Yeah, so this will be some editing time for sure. So, oh, Bruce, yeah. Mike, appreciate it. Thank you so right, much no for problem. coming on. Yeah, feel free to reach out if you need anything else. Be glad to follow up on anything. Oh, oh absolutely. Thank you so much. We had a great time. Right, thank, you thank you all so much, guys. Fun. All right. See everyone thank later. You. Okay. Later.